Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of TNT The Battlegrounds. During the Monday Night Wars, every Monday night was a war zone, but it was at the pay-per-views where the battles were won. I am your host, Trevor the Nacho Man Shelby, and today we're watching WWE In Your House from September 1995. If you want to follow along, then dust off your tapes and go to the WWE Network to check out this impressive pay-per-view. This pay-per-view was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed watching it uh, pretty much for the first time. I don't really think I ever saw this one way back when. So, the commentators were Jerry Lawler, Vince McMahon, and for the first time during the Monday Night Wars, we get to see Jim Ross. It's great to finally see good old JR in the booth, and I hope they move him to Raw real soon. The first match of the night was Savio Vega versus Waylon Mercy. Uh, Waylon Mercy is undefeated at this time. He's a really big guy, and he looks like he's straight out of prison. I really don't know why he didn't go on to at least have a mid-card singles career uh, that that's, that was bigger than it was, I guess. Um, he he was okay to watch, and uh, his promos were left a little to be, you know, desired. They 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 showed a promo where he's telling Vega he's going to squish him like a bug, and he's playing with a bug, and he squishes it. And I'm pretty sure it was a real bug, so it was pretty, pretty strange. Uh, not much to to say about it, I guess. Uh, they cut from this match uh, right in the middle, and they announced that Owen Hart is not in the building. So uh, this kind of ties into events later on. Um, this this match with Savio Vega, I was always under the impression that Savio Vega was, you know, your kind of a a quick high flyer and apparently he's a little bit of that but this match I don't know if it was just because he was working with somebody that was so huge or what but this match was just slow Uh, it it just kind of droned on and on and uh, Vega was able to pick up the win here he he did the spin kick that was pretty cool hit him in the head Um, he got the pin so this first match right out of the gate, it was a very good start match, you know, like, you know, low, low on the card, basically. But, uh, it, I, you know, they could have done this on any Raw. And I just don't know if this was, you know, you know they could have, they could have had a hundred different matches. And this one just didn't seem to fit on this pay-per-view, I guess. Uh, so I went ahead and gave it three out of ten. The second match of the night was Psycho Sid versus Henry Godwin. Now, this was actually kind of an interesting match because both of these guys I do remember. And I actually enjoyed watching when I was younger. So I was excited for it. Henry Godwin is the... um, He's kind of like a uh, hillbilly I guess you would say, and he has his slop bucket, and he's going to dump that on somebody <laughs> at some point, and so you you always have to watch out for that with him, and that's really, 
they 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 show how this match came to be, and that's really how it happened. Um, this is only going on because he's dumped a slop bucket on the million dollar man and and Sid. So, you know. And I thought WWE storytelling now was bad. <laughs> but I guess I mean, you know, if there's any reason to have a match, this would be it. So this was a fun match. The million dollar man uh, was able to cause a distraction, and Sid actually capitalized this with a leg drop that would make Hulk Hogan like really proud. And then he was able to hit the power bomb, and it was all over from there. Uh, the power bomb was actually kind of impressive. Uh, Sid won this by pinfall. Uh, they hold Godwin down at the end of this match, and it, you know, the million dollar man, they're going to dump this bucket of slop all over Godwin they're you know exacting their revenge at this point and they start arguing who is going to do it who's going to be the person actually dump the slop and uh they're while they're arguing it's Bam Bam Bigelow comes down and actually kind of saves the day here he attacks Sid um for reasons I'm not 100% and causes a distraction enough where Godwin is able to get the bucket and then dump it over the million dollar man's uh, head. So it was kind of funny um, seeing his big expensive suit get all mucked up. And so <laughs> Godwin booked it out of there afterwards. Um, but with all of this together, uh, including the, the bits after where we got to see the slop bucket, um, I give this whole mess a 5 out of 10. It was a fun match, um, and the the ending just kind of made it for it. So, at the beginning of this pay-per-view, you know, we kind of alluded already that Owen Hart is missing. He's not in the arena. No one knows where he is. So, we cut to a promo with Cornette and the Gorilla Monsoon who, and they're arguing in the backstage area of where Owen Hart is. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon seems to be really concerned that they're trying to pull some kind of trick, and he's not having it. He's basically saying Yoko is going to defend both titles if that's the way it's got to be. And so they're able to work at a deal where they can replace Owen Hart with a partner of their choosing. So the person tonight is going to be a tag team champion. Whoever is tagging with Yoko is going to be a tag team champion tonight. One night only. And so it is, I guess, what it is. So they kind of agree to this, even though Cornette is kind of like, you know, where am I going to find somebody last second? So they, uh, the next match is the British Bulldog versus Bam Bam Bigelow, which is, you know, Bam Bam, well, I guess it was already down there since he's down there attacking Sid. So, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow is a big guy. The British Bulldog is a big guy. Of course, this is going to be a big man match. And I was excited for this. I really was. Um, the Bulldog actually did something really smart in this match. He concentrated a lot of his attacks on Bam Bam's legs. And 
at this point, I started noticing a trend in these matches. We had on the commentator booth, Jim Ross was just quiet. And Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler were just dominating the conversation. They're going on and on about Owen Hart, and they're not talking about the match. They're just going on about this and that. And Jim Ross kind of meekly would like speak up and like throw in little tidbits here or there. But it was it was very odd. It was very not like the JR that I remember from the Attitude Era. And so I'm so eager for us to get to that point. So um, in this match, Bam Bam Bigelow hits the best Inseguria I've ever actually seen. Uh, but that's not even close to being enough to win it. Uh, the Bulldog was able to win this with the Power Slam. It was a great match. Really fun to watch. I definitely recommend watching this one. Uh, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. One of the highest scores I've given a, a match for uh, WWE. The next match of the night is Dean Douglas versus Reza Ramon. And... Uh, Bob Backlund actually came out and he introduced uh, Dean Douglas in the most annoying way. Uh, This match looked like it was going to start off really quick, but Dean kept slowing things down by running to the outside of the ring. It, it just didn't fit right. I don't know. It, it it felt off like that kept throwing the match off. He would get out there, he would uh, run around, he would uh, get a breather, and it would just kind of kill the momentum of the match. I was completely taken out of it at that point. Um, They did a a little promo where they cut to the back. Uh, Jim Cornette's still looking for a partner for Yokozuna. And at this point, he's talking to King Mabel, which I was kind of excited about. I was like, hey... That is a tag team. (laughs) I don't know what you'd call that, but that is massive. They don't even have the ring prepared for what that could cause. So um, they cut back to the match. Uh, You know, and the whole thing with Mabel, it didn't look like Mabel was having it. So I wasn't really counting on that to happen, but, you know, I was hoping. So... According to JR at this point, this is actually Dean Douglas's first ever WWE pay-per-view match, which is kind of interesting. I thought he had been here a little bit longer, but uh, apparently not that long. Or if he has, he's just been missing pay-per-views. I don't know. So Dean uh, keeps putting Razor into these holds that look really lame. And I had to go back and watch this this part of the match a second time because there was something about it that just didn't seem right. And the second watch around, I was able to figure it out. If you pay attention to this, Razor Ramon is not selling any of this at all. He gets put in these holds that are supposed to cause a lot of pain and he looks like he's just fine. And I, that, was another thing that really took me out of this match. 
and really kind of bothered me. I don't know if this is just an ego thing or if this is really how they planned on doing this. I don't know. Uh, either way, it was not that great storytelling. It it takes you out of the match, and you don't need that in professional wrestling. You don't need something else to remind you that what's going on here is predetermined. So what would be nice is if Razor would have sold those holds to kind of show, like, oh my gosh, he's about to win, you know? So, anyways... It was just a little annoying to watch. So they accidentally, you know, kill the referee. <laughs> he goes down like he's been murdered, hit by a car. And uh, Razor capitalizes uh, with uh, Douglas being down. And he is able to hit the Razor's edge. And he gets the pin, but... Of course, the referee is over there, just knocked out. And one, two, three, kid runs to the ring, slides in, and counts the one, two, three. And Razor thinks he's won it at this point. He really does. He thought that the referee had started counting, so he gets up, looks around, and sure enough, there's one, two, three, kid that's like hopping around like you won, <laughs> and. Razor just kind of like looks at the referee. He looks at him. He's like, what are you doing? And he shoves Kid right out of the ring. I mean, like violently shoves him. And uh, it was its kind of silly. The referee suddenly makes a recovery. He gets up. And that's when Douglas grabs Razor, rolls him up, and gets the pin. And he stole one, folks. That's something that we hear a lot in today's WWE. That roll-up pin. Oh, he stole one. So, it was a very odd match. It The whole thing fell off from the start. It is a good example of a bad wrestling match, I think. I just... I want to give it a higher score than this, but it's hard for me to, you know, I can't just say like, oh, I like Razor Ramon. Oh, Dean Douglas, you know, he's he's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to have to give this a three out of ten. You know, it was really sad for this pay-per-view. Um, it's already a kind of a nameless pay-per-view, and I just really... I expected more out of this. They had a lot of buildup for this match. It was really sad that it had to go like to the wayside like this. Uh, none of this is going to help Dean Douglas's career. Razor's kind of set. He seems to be kind of a favorite in the company right now. Um, even if he's stuck in the mid card, he's still, you know, the guy, the bad guy. Uh, Douglas, not so much. He has a really crappy character, and this is not going to help. So, yeah, sad deal. I really did Douglas a disservice with this one. The next match of the night is going to be Jean-Pierre Lafitte versus Bret the Hitman Hart. Uh, the Bret Hart has not been on Nitro. Uh, not, I mean, not Nitro. <laughs> of course, he has not been on Nitro. And he has not been on Raw, more importantly. 
since the start of the Monday Night Wars. Uh, the only points that he's been on Raw is when he's checking in from the set of Lonesome Dove and when he's doing his call-in during the matches. So it's just kind of odd, this little bizarre. Uh, I know that, you know, this match that he's building up to isn't the biggest thing ever, but you would think that they would be pulling out all the stops when you have another company that's, you know, coming for you as hard as WCW is gunning it raw at this point. So, anyways, Bret Hart has dealt with this Lafitte guy quite a bit in the past, so this match has been building up before even the Monday Night Wars has started. So at one point, um, Lafitte steals the sunglasses that that Bret Hart uh, gives to the kids at ringside. He steals it from the kid. And then at another point during a Bret Hart match, he runs in and he steals Bret Hart's jacket, his leather jacket. And so that's kind of a, you know, you know, still another man's jacket. That's just low. I mean, what if it was cold that night? That poor Brett. He probably had to walk to his car shivering. Anyways, so Lafitte comes out for this match and he is wearing all of Bret Hart's clothing. And like the the jacket and the sunglasses. It was funny. It was humorous. Uh, I know that they kind of alluded that this was probably going to happen. But I just thought, wow, that's... He did that. That's that's kind of funny. The This match was a lot of fun. I mean, okay, so I didn't expect a whole lot from this. I didn't expect a lot from Lafitte. Bret Hart, you know, he's probably in this era my absolute favorite wrestler. And the thing that I like about Bret is he sold so well for this Lafitte guy. This match was one-sided through a major part of it, and Bret Hart made it seem like he was in tons of pain, and this was a horrible match for him. Unlike the match before, which if Razor was able to sell it all, then maybe that match would have been better. So... Both men did a great job in this match. Lafitte really surprised me. I felt like he's a more legitimate wrestler now because of the selling by Brett. The, you know, and he's got a really lame character. <laughs> the whole pirate thing is just kind of ridiculous. Uh, Brett does win this by the sharpshooter, but um, I still felt like, you know, this Lafitte guy, you know, he's got something to him. Uh, so I gave this match a six out of 10, one of the better matches on the card so far. The next match that we have is Yokozuna and his mystery partner versus HBK, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. So we find out that Yokozuna is going to partner with the British Bulldog, which is fine. Uh, Bulldog has already wrestled one match tonight, but he's had a little bit of time to kind of recoup. And 
So it, and it really does make a lot of sense because Cornet already kind of manages uh, the Bulldogs. So that works. So Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji come out with, and then British Bulldog with Mick Cornette. And then we had uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel come out. They were very humorous, I thought. The uh, They were trying to choose who goes first in the match, and they did rock, paper, scissors. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Bulldog looked great for having already wrestled. He seemed to be in perfect shape and ready to go. Um, I think this match started out with Yokozuna and Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn actually tries to make fun of Yoko, and he does the sumo stance where he's stomping around and he's got his legs real, you know, spread out and he's squatting. And I don't think he thought it was that funny when Yoko did the same right back at him, charged him, and destroyed Shawn Michaels. It was it was kind of funny. Um, Sean uh, Sean gets gets kind of pummeled through a lot of this. Uh, he does get a tag into Diesel. Uh, Diesel gets in the ring with Yoko. Diesel looks really small compared to Yokozuna. I was really genuinely shocked at how small he looked. It's kind of crazy. Um, at the end of this match, Owen did a run in and he botched it and he tried to attack Diesel and Diesel power bombed him and the ref just kind of looked around and went with it. He was like, whatever, counted the one, two, three HBK and Diesel win. You know, I, you know, for the rating of this match, I thought this was a very appropriate uh, match. I felt like this was a good tag team match. You don't see a whole lot of main event tag teams going on in this era with with uh, WWE. So it was really cool to kind of see that. I think it was well done. I think the ending was a surprise and kind of unpredictable. And you kind of like, well, where is this going to go from here? Um, so I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of action. There was comedy where it was appropriate. Um, kind of today's wrestling, you see a lot of comedy, but it's kind of in places where it's not so appropriate for a wrestling match. So I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. It's another really good match. Um, the second or no, this is the third match that's gotten over a six on the pay-per-view. So, overall, this was a pretty darn good pay-per-view. You know, you got three, you know, six-point matches that kind of set the tone for this pay-per-view. You had some duds, but that's to be expected. But I really enjoyed all of this. I think some of the weaker points is going to be uh, the Razor match um, and your Savio Vega match. Uh, those two you could have done without. Everything else was 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 fine. It was a fun fun pay per view to watch. 
I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was not a whole lot to kind of cover, but it was, you know, it was interesting to say the least. So if I were to put this up against the WCW pay-per-view, I would probably, like if we were doing a point, <laughs> you know, awarding points between the two, see who would win. I would probably give it to WCW mainly because Fall Brawl was, it meant more. There was more on the line. There was more of a storyline going on. Uh, whereas here, it just felt like, you know, just a a longer Raw. Uh, WCW, the WCW felt more special at this point. But this is also WCW's first pay-per-view at this point. So, well, their first pay-per-view during the Monday Night Wars. So... You know, you can't really say that it's, you know, can't really count them apples to apples, I guess. So the next pay-per-view for uh, WWE is going to be uh, another in-your-house pay-per-view. And the next pay-per-view for WCW is going to be uh, Halloween Havoc, I believe. You're gonna, we're going to see the giant versus Hulk Hogan, which I think will be a lot of fun. Um, the next in your house, I think, is Diesel putting his championship on the line against the British Bulldog. i pretty sure. Pretty sure about that. Like 90% sure, I'm thinking. Anyways, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, you know, these are just kind of the icing on the cake um, kind of a podcast. We're not trying to do a whole lot with the pay-per-views, but we, we do want to cover them because, like I said before, this is where a lot of the storylines begin and end. So if we want to have a good, clear vision of the Monday Night Wars, we've got to cover these pay-per-views. So... Anyways, if there's anything more you guys want to see on these, uh, please let me know. You can send us any questions or comments or anything. We have our own Facebook group called TNT, The Monday Night Wars. And you can just at us. You can put at The Monday Night Wars and send us a question. Uh, we kind of secured that one for us, and I think that's a pretty cool handle. So, anyways, uh, we'll see you guys when we're rating the next uh, WWE Raw and WCW Nitro. You guys have a great week, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. See ya!